We'll turn, if you would, tonight to Psalm 106. Psalm 106, I shared with you this morning that that's where we're going to be. So as to alleviate the suspense and the drama, I'll just tell you again, Psalm 106. How many of you are finally getting into the Christmas spirit? Anybody yet? About eight or nine of us? Okay, good. I was not really in the Christmas spirit. I just got to be honest with you. It's not that I was a Scrooge or anything of that nature. I just I wasn't feeling it this year. And uh, yesterday we had the chance to go over uh, to Amarillo to the symphony for their holiday show or whatever they call that. And uh, it was pretty good music. And it was nice and religious at the beginning and, and a lot of good Christian Christmas songs. And it just got you in the mood. If you weren't in the mood after that, you probably were not going to get in the mood. So anyways, I've got a much better outlook. Not that that has anything to do with the sermon tonight, but I enjoyed the Christmas songs more tonight, and I enjoyed the special. So I am thankful uh, for this season, even though I was slow to arrive at that this year. And if you've not arrived yet, I encourage you, get there. All right? Get there for the real reason for the uh, the season, and uh, I think it will be a blessing to you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we will get started. And uh, just be here for a little bit tonight and then let you on your way. Father, we are thankful that we can be in your house tonight. God, I am uh, thankful for the music that we've enjoyed this evening. I'm thankful, Lord, for just the reminder of the truths that uh, we've been able to sing about. God, I pray that you'd help me this evening to uh, say something that would be a help to your people. Uh, God, I know that's a help to me, and so I pray that I could convey that to at least one person here tonight. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight I'm going to begin by asking a couple of questions, but I'm going to begin with a single question that will not seem to be related until later on. But I want to ask you tonight, just starting out, how many of us would admit that there are times in our lives that we find ourselves out of sorts, so to speak, emotionally, mentally, maybe spiritually, things of that nature. Have you ever found yourself out of sorts? It happens, does it not? Now that manifests itself in many different ways. Sometimes you find yourself to be more irritable. Maybe sometimes you find yourself to just be more emotional. Maybe you find yourself worrying about certain things more than you used to. Maybe that sense of contentment or that sense of satisfaction in life, it's not really as present as it once was. I think if the truth were told, we have all been out of sorts at least once. And for some of us, it happens more frequent than maybe it does for others. But nonetheless, it happens. Now, as we think about that, Just hold on to it for a little bit. We'll come back to that in a few moments. But tonight I want us to think about something. This, again, may not be true of everyone in the room, but I think it would be true of many of us, and it illustrates a point. Tonight, if I were to ask you without any kind of cheating, without asking your neighbor or anything of that nature, if I were to ask you what was the opening song of tonight's service, How many of us could stand and say, this was the song we began with tonight? A couple of us could, right? Brother Randy needs to be able to since he led us in the singing. A few of us could, that first song, but many of us could not. 
Now, if you think about that for just a minute, I, I'm looking at the watch right now. We started the service 20 minutes ago, and within 20 minutes, enough has happened that most of us can't even remember what we were singing about 20 minutes ago. Now, if you can remember it tonight, you may be able to brag on yourself, but I promise you there are plenty of services where you can't remember by song three what we sang at song one. Now, I'm just saying, here's what that begins to illustrate. It begins to illustrate that sometimes we can be fairly forgetful individuals. I think if I were to ask you tonight what you had for supper Friday night, just two days ago, unless it was something special, unless it was something unique, or if you say to yourself, I have peanut butter every Friday night, if I were to say to you, what did you have for supper Friday night, many of you would sit here and say, man, I don't know. I mean, I think I ate. I'm pretty sure that I ate, but I don't know for sure what I had for supper Friday night. Well, why is that? Because it's really not one of those big deals that sticks out in our minds. The examples could continue. Could they not? If I were to ask you to close your eyes and not cheat again, don't cheat for any uh, measure or, or for, to any degree, if I were to say to some of you tonight, what are you wearing right now? Some of you are like, man, I, don't, I just threw something on. I don't even know what I've got on right now. Isn't it amazing how forgetful we are to the small details of life? It is amazing. I could illustrate this enough to prove it to every one of us. I'll not do it. Just agree with me. We tend to be forgetful individuals. Now that in mind, here's what I know. I know that we've talked about this before. But there are certain days and there are certain moments and there are certain events that stick out in our minds. And it doesn't matter how long ago that event is, we still remember it as though it was yesterday. Correct? If I were to ask those of you who are married, what is your anniversary date? I would hope that you wouldn't sit here and go, oh man, why did you ask me that? I would hope that immediately you could say, this is the day that I was married. And I hope that you would remember that because of all the joy and the bliss it has given you since that day. It's a stretch, but that's what I would hope. If I were to say to you tonight... What are the birth dates of your children? I would hope that you could immediately say, this is when this child was born, this is when this child was born, and this child's birthday is on this particular day. However many children you have, I would hope that you could remember fairly quickly when your children were born because I would hope that that was kind of a highlight in your life. Now, Some of you are sitting here with that little look on your face like, that's my wife's department. I don't remember that kind of stuff. Shame on you, Brother Mike. I'm just watching his body language over here. But, but I, I, I listen, most of us can remember that kind of stuff, no matter how long ago it may have been. Grandkids, it might be sketchy, but nonetheless, there are many, many days that we remember. Now, if we think about that, we know this to be true as well, that though we may remember these days like they were yesterday, it's not as though you get up every day and reflect on those days. So the fact that I can remember my anniversary, the fact that I can remember the birth dates of my children, though those were special moments in my life, it's not as though every morning I'm getting up out of bed, putting my feet on the floor saying, June 16th was a great day, God, thank you for it. It was a good day, but 
I might go weeks or months without thinking about it. You understand what I'm saying? Just because I remember it doesn't mean that I always reflect on it, maybe to the extent that I should. So what does that have to do with the Scripture? Well, I hope we'll see this in a couple of moments, but in Psalm 106, here's what you'll notice. If you notice right after the the title of the psalm or the giving of the psalm, there is no particular author given credit for this psalm that is written. We know that many times throughout the psalms, the author is identified, and so with no particular author being given, we can assume or we can go ahead and and make this assumption that David could have been the writer of this psalm, was probably the writer of it. And as we go through this psalm, here is what you find, is that David is recalling a portion of the history of the Jews or of the Israelites. Now, some of you might be sitting here saying to yourself, Brother Kyle, haven't you preached from this sermon or from this text before? You might be saying, I remember the last time you preached from this, and here's what I'm going to guess, that you're lying. Because I went back and looked because I couldn't remember. I preached from this passage a little over a year ago, but not the text that we're dealing with tonight, just a different portion of it. And so for those of you who thought you remembered, you probably didn't, but we're just going to let that slide. But nonetheless, in Psalm 106, here's what you find. That the history of Israel is being given, and it's the point from which they have been delivered from their bondage in in Egypt, and some of what God did for them. And tonight as we get into the passage, here's what I want us to be reminded of, and I want us to give attention to. And that is this, that as the children of Israel were brought out of their bondage, they were eyewitnesses to the amazing power of God in their lives. This was not something they heard about from their parents or their grandparents or great-grandparents. They were eyewitnesses to the amazing power of God. So as you think about that, I want us again to think about this, to give attention to this. I want us to think about some of the miracles that they witnessed and some of the powers of God, the displays of that power that they were able to behold. Think about the plagues. I know that you know them. We're not going to go through all of them. But think about this for just a moment. There was a day, a particular day in their lives as a nation where the water turned to blood for all those who were Egyptians, and yet God kept pure and God kept clean the water for the Jews in the midst of those plagues that God sent upon the land. Can you imagine what that must have been like? We really can't imagine it. Our minds may try to grasp it. Can you imagine, though, because the Israelites and the Egyptians, they had dealings with each other on a daily basis. So the Israelites get up one day and they head to where they're supposed to be, where their responsibilities are, and they begin hearing the Egyptians talk about how all the water they pulled up from the wells or in the streams, it's all blood. And they didn't have to deal with that at all. The Egyptians had to dig new wells just to scramble to to get fresh water for them to drink. Imagine for just a moment one day as an Israelite going to where you're supposed to be, where your obligations are, and you find out that the land has been stricken with frogs. 
frogs everywhere. By the hundreds, by the thousands, if not by the millions. I don't know about you, but I'm not a big fan of frogs. I don't like to see them. I don't like to touch them. I don't like to hear them. It's, it's just the girly side of me, I guess. But I just, I don't care for frogs. So you think about that. You wake up one day, you go to where you're supposed to be, and for the Egyptians, there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of frogs, and you don't have one in your area where you're from. You would have to know that that's the power of God, would you not? As the plagues of lice come, as the plagues of the hailstones come, as the plague of the boils come, whatever it must be, or whatever it was, the Israelites witnessed every bit of this happening to the Egyptians, and yet none of it happened to them. So what was the final plague that God brought on the land of Egypt? Well, it was the death of the firstborn of every house, correct? And the scripture tells us that there was not one house that escaped this plague, that in every house of, of Egypt, at least one person died. And it was then that the king expelled Israel from the land, and their fear was every one of them was going to die. Can you imagine what that must have been like on their way out? They had to have heard the cries of everyone who was bemoaning the loss of loved ones and friends. Can you imagine how loud the cries must have been with hundreds of thousands of Egyptians weeping and grieving and mourning the loss of their loved ones? Can you imagine that that was probably a sound that rang in their minds and in their ears for quite some time? It wasn't just a couple of sniffles here and a couple of, uh, of emotional people over here. This would have been many, many, many people grieving, full of sorrow, the pain, and all that would have went with it. And yet at the same time, how did Israel leave their bondage? They left their bondage wealthy. Isn't that an amazing thing to consider? Think about this. For over 400 years, they had been slaves. For over 400 years, they had nothing. And yet, when they left the land of Egypt, what did they leave with? They left with the wealth of Egypt. Friends, what they saw and what they witnessed and what they beheld, it was an amazing thing. As you look in the Scripture, here's what you find in verse number 7. It says that these things that the Israelites witnessed, it says they were a multitude of thy mercies. It was a multitude of thy mercies. So we could say it like this, it was a multitude of the mercies of God. So whenever it speaks of the mercies of God and the fact that it was a multitude, what does it mean whenever the scripture uses the word multitude? It means this, for it to be great or abundant. So what did the Israelites see? What did they witness? What did they behold? They beheld the abundant, the great number of the mercies of God. So what were the mercies of God a reference to? Well, it was a reference to the goodness of God or the faithfulness of God. So are you following this? They were eyewitnesses to the extreme, abundant, great, magnificent goodness 
and faithfulness of an almighty God. That's what they got to behold. And yet as you read through the scripture and as the context lets us know, here's what we know is that whenever God brought Israel out of Egypt, he brought them to the Red Sea. That was not the quickest route to the promised land. And as they came to the Red Sea, what had happened already in the minds of Pharaoh and the people of Egypt, they had already decided, what have we done? And they've already come to this conclusion. They've already asked themselves, why did we let these people go? Let's go out and let's recapture them and bring them back. And so here the children of Israel are, and they've got the Red Sea on one side of them. And from the other side, you've got the people of Egypt coming And what does it appear is certain. It appears as though, no doubt, they'll either be recaptured and taken back to the land, or they will die fighting to maintain their freedom. No matter what, it doesn't look good, does it? Now, never mind they've already witnessed the multitude of the mercies of God. It says in verse number 7, it says, Our fathers understood not thy wonders in Egypt, meaning they didn't really recognize it or grasp all of it like they should have. But notice what it says next. It says, They remembered not the multitude of thy mercies. So whenever it says, They remembered not the multitude of thy mercies, what does that mean? It means this, that they did not reflect in that time of testing in their lives They did not reflect on everything they had already seen and witnessed by the power of God, by the hand of God. So when they're there by the Red Sea and they know that the Egyptian army is coming, whenever they are there and it looks like they'll either die or they're going to be taken back into captivity, there was not this awareness or this remembrance of what God had already done of the Israelites saying, don't you remember God's power whenever he turned the water into blood? There was not a remembrance of the Israelites saying of God and what he had done. Do you not remember the plague of the frogs or the lice or the darkness or the hail or the boils, whatever it may have been, do you not remember the death of the firstborn of all the Egyptians? They did not remember what God had done. And so what did it produce in them? It produced in them a spirit of unrest a spirit of frustration, of griping, of complaining, of murmuring, they immediately got all out of sorts because they quickly forgot what God had already done for them. It's fairly simple, is it not? I'm not really sharing with us some deep theological truth that we can't grasp. The scripture is fairly clear. Here it is, the children of Israel, and they didn't really understand, they didn't really take it all in like they should have. And though they were the recipients of the multitude, great, vast, abundant mercies of God, His faithfulness and His goodness, they did not remember it 
It's as though it had never happened. It slipped their mind. Did they know about it? Yeah, they knew about it, but they didn't really reflect on it like they should have. And so because of that, it produced all sorts of wrong responses in the midst of this moment in their lives. Now, their response is unfortunate for several reasons, but notice what it says next. It says in verse number 7, that as a result of their failure to remember the multitude of thy mercies, it says, but provoked him at the sea, even at the Red Sea. So you know what the Israelites did in that moment? They made God angry. They made God angry because they provoked him, because they did not remember all that God had already done for him or for them. So God got angry that so quickly, just days or weeks after their deliverance, so quickly they had already forgotten everything that God had done. Okay. Fine. Those poor Israelites, what failures? Right. Absolutely correct. Those poor Israelites, they failed. Now tonight I, I want to, like I said this morning, I want to try to make this personal. I, I want us to think about this. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about myself for a couple of moments. Not because I think you're overly concerned with, with what I'm about to say about this portion of my life. But I asked you a moment ago, how many of us ever get out of sorts? Most of us agreed that we have been guilty of doing that, but maybe not everyone consented to that decision or, or that opinion. But tonight, here's what I want to do. I, I want to confess to you that there are days that I get out of sorts in my attitude and in my spirit. And here's what happens. It manifests itself in many different ways in my life. I don't like to admit this. I don't like to talk about it. It's not anything that I'm especially proud of. But there are times in my life where I find myself worrying. It's not just me being aware of the circumstances of life. I find myself worrying. There are times in my life that I'm easily agitated. Because other things aren't going right for me. There are times I lose my sense of joy, my sense of contentment, my sense of satisfaction. Everything that anyone else has wrestled with and failed with or failed in, I've been guilty of it. Now, again, I'm going to share something with you. Not that I think you're just sitting here saying, I wonder what Kyle does to fix that. Because more times than not, I don't fix it the way that I ought. I'm just going to share something with you, and it's going to tie in in a couple of minutes, okay? Last week when we were out of town, we had a morning where things were not rushed, and we just had no schedule that we had to keep. And I went out on the back patio of where we were staying. The weather was nice. Where we stayed, by no design of my own, we backed up to a golf course where there was a fairway and nobody was playing golf, and so it was extremely quiet. 
And I sat there, and let me back up, as I went out there, the reason that I went out there was to try to wait patiently on the family getting ready. You understand this? I, I, was, I was ready to do whatever we were going to do, but I was trying to be the patient dad. You know, we didn't have any place we had to go, so just go outside and just, just chill for a little bit, and, and you'll be okay. So I say that to say this. I had no plans of going out and being spiritual. It wasn't even really on my mind. But I went outside, and I sat in the lawn chair that they had provided, and I'm just looking out at the scenery across from me, and chickens in front of me. Whatever. Kind of weird, but they were there with me. And though I had no real spiritual goals in mind, it was like the Lord began saying to me, Kyle, I've been pretty good to you. And whenever the Lord got my attention, however that happened, I don't know exactly. I could not deny God's goodness in my life. I sat there and I began thinking about the very trip that we were on, and I thought to myself, the circumstances that brought about this trip, I thought, Lord, that is something that only you could have orchestrated in my life, because without that, we would not have been here. As I was thinking about that, my mind began to think about different trips that we've been able to make as a family. And, and I began thinking about some of the memories we've been able to create over the years. And I could not help but sit there and say, God, you've been so good to me. Now remember, I didn't go out there intending on thinking about these things. I didn't go out there with a the spiritual agenda. I was just trying to be patient. And yet the Lord was saying, do you remember that I let you do this? Do you remember that I've let you have experienced this? Do you remember that your family has been able to participate in this? And, and I'm just, listen, I'm not, I'm not saying anything of this for any reason than to just let you know what the thought process was like. It was like the Lord said, and don't you know how blessed you are to pastor the church you get to pastor? Yeah. Do you realize how good the church takes care of you? Do you realize what you get to benefit from by so many different things? Kyle, do you realize how good I am to you? <sighs> yes, Lord. I get it. So at some point in that trip... I made Susie think about what God made me think about. Babe, do you realize how blessed we are? To get to be here, to get to do this, to have all these memories that we're getting to create. Do you realize how blessed we are? Not just right now, but in the past. And she's like, yes, babe. I, yeah, I know how blessed we are. Duh, come on. I know, but what about this and what about this? And so we talked about it, and, and she was in total agreement. Man, we're blessed. And, and so what did we do? We made the kids sit down and think about what God made me think about that I made Susie think about. So we're there at the kitchen table or whatever, the dining table there at the place that we're at, and, and, and we're just talking to the kids, just trying to tell them, do you realize how blessed we are? Do you realize how good God's been to us? Do you realize that we get to enjoy so much more than we deserve? 
And I was going through all these things that the Lord had brought to mind, and it was good for me to be reminded of all these things. You know why? Because my memory stinks sometimes. You understand what I'm saying? It's not that I forgot the trip last week, but if I'm not careful, I'll forget it and not remember the multitude mercies of God. It's not that I can't go back and look at the pictures from previous trips and, and say, man, I didn't know we went to Florida. No, I remember, but I don't think about it like I ought, kind of like other significant moments and events in my life. Listen, it's not as though that I forget I'm the pastor of this church, but there are times that I don't reflect on the blessing that it is to be able to be the pastor of this church. And so there was this moment in my, in, in my meditation there on the back patio of this place that we were staying at, and, and I said this to the Lord, and I'm not... I'm not trying to be weird. I'm just letting you know for what I'm about to say in a minute. I just said, Lord, I know I'm not as grateful as I ought to be. But, Lord, I want to be as thankful as I know to be. There is no way that I can thank you for everything you do for me. Because it's far too great. But, God... As much as I know to be, that's how thankful I want to be. Why do I get out of sorts sometimes? Because I don't really grasp all the wonders he has worked in my life. And I don't remember the multitude of his mercies. That's why I get out of sorts. That's why I worry. That's why I fret. That's why I'm easily agitated sometimes. That's why I let myself feel overwhelmed at times. That's why I get discouraged. That's why I get irritated. That's why I have all these emotions that I really shouldn't have as a child of God because I forget how faithful and good my God is to me. Now, just a moment ago, I tried to set you up. I really did. Because I don't want to get to this point in the message and you sit here like, no, I don't ever struggle with that. See, you already admitted that you have days where you're out of sorts. You get up and you're irritated. You get up and you're frustrated from what happened yesterday. You get up and you've still got the burden of whatever's been going on for the last several days. You're still carrying the burden. And it's not that you're mindful of it. You're worried about it. And you're thinking to yourself, this is a big deal. This is a bad deal. This is, this is a terrible deal. And because of that, you're on edge. And you've got all these different feelings, all these different emotions. And they're not where they're supposed to be. Well, why are you out of sorts? Well, you know why it is more times than not? Because your memory stinks. And you have already forgotten just how good and faithful God has been to you. I mean, think about this. Has God not been better to you than you deserve? He absolutely has. Has God not given to you more than you could ever need? Of course He has. 
We have been so blessed. It's not just me. I'll say it for you. You have been so blessed. And yet, why do we get so out of sorts and worry and fret and lose our joy and contentment and all those things? Why does that happen? Because we forget so often how faithful of a God we serve and how good of a God He is to us. So I'm going to give you some free advice. Not that you've asked for it, but it's your fault that you showed up. All right, so here's some free advice. What do I do when I'm out of sorts? What do I do when upon life's billows I am tempest-tossed, thinking all is lost? What do I need to do? I need to count my blessings. And here's the, the, the wonderful thing that I need to remember and the free advice I'm giving to you. You don't have to wait to go on vacation to reflect on God's goodness and God's faithfulness to you. That might be a great place to be reminded, but you don't have to wait until you're on vacation to be reminded of God's faithfulness. See, I, I want you to think about this, that if you ever struggle with this, if you ever deal with this and you know what I'm talking about, I want you to know that you can leave tonight. If by chance you are struggling, even tonight, you could leave in, in the car to wherever you're headed next. You could just take a few moments and say, God, you've been better to me than I could ever deserve. Lord, I don't deserve where I'm at right now. God, you've been better to me than I... I you, you've brought me this far. I, I, I know you're going to be faithful. You're not going to leave me at the Red Sea of life and let me be destroyed here. Now, I, listen, I, I know it is so easy for us to say, oh, Amen to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's easy right now, but we may struggle with it this week. It's in that moment that we just need to stop and pause and reflect. No, no, no. I, I'm not going to let myself get out of sorts like that because God's been good to me. Amen. You say, well, I don't think very well while I drive. And I believe that to be true for some of you. You need to give all your attention to the road, okay? I, I get it. But if you're struggling right now, you know what you can do? You can go home tonight. And you can sit in your recliner or your chair or whatever it is you like. And you know what you can do? You can begin to reflect on just how good God's been to you. Amen. Say, Brother Kyle, I kind of know where this is going. Just get there. No, no, we're, we're, we're here. So you might as well enjoy it for a minute, okay? Go home. And if the worry begins to pop up, just say, hold on, time out. I, I'm not worrying. I'm not going to forget about God's mercies in my life. If the bills come in and the money's not there, just, hold on, hold on. When was the last time that God did not come through? He's always come through, so I'm not going to let that get me this time. Did the last problem get resolved eventually? Yes, the last problem got resolved. So will this problem get resolved? Yes, eventually it will get resolved. But I don't have to lose my joy and my contentment in the midst of this. Well, Brother Kyle, I, I would meditate on that if I was on vacation overlooking a golf course. Maybe you would. 
but you can do it while sitting in your recliner. You may just need to sit down with your family and say, we need to talk about how good God's been to us. And really talk about it and discuss it. Because it may be that verbal expression of God's goodness that reminds us of the faithfulness and the goodness of God. It's good sometimes to just say to your spouse or to say to your children or to say to that dear friend, you know what, God's been so good. I don't deserve this. I didn't deserve this. I don't deserve that. And, and, and if you're sitting here tonight by chance with some kind of a pity party saying, I don't have anything, you need this most to reflect on God's goodness because every one of us are blessed. Here are the children of Israel. They have witnessed so many things. And like that, they didn't remember it. Friends, if we sat here tonight, passed a microphone around and said, you get to name one blessing, and then you've got to pass the microphone. But we're going to keep passing it around until we've run out of blessings to express. You know what we'd be? We'd be here all night. Because every one of us are greatly, greatly blessed. And so I'd say to you tonight, if you've been struggling, if you've been out of sorts, if you've been irritable, if you've been worried, if you've been discouraged, whatever it may be, I would say to you tonight, remember God's mercies. And if this week Satan comes at you and he tries to attack you, he tries to discourage you, he tries to defeat you, Stop and, 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 and say to yourself, it may have worked the last time. I'll not let it work this time. And today I choose to reflect on God's goodness. I promise if we do that, it'll get us out of the funk a whole lot faster. Because thinking about what we've got and what we've been blessed with always helps us get out of that low spot in our lives. All right? Let's all stand and bow our heads for a word of prayer. Fathers, I come to you this evening. I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to remember how good you are to us. Lord, there's no doubt that many of us struggle with this, some maybe more than others. I don't know what the what the specifics of it would be, but Lord. We've all let things get to us that we shouldn't have. We've all stressed over things that didn't deserve the stress. And it seems to be something that we continue to fight even when we don't plan on it. And so, Lord, I pray that you just help us to remember how good and faithful you are and to let that carry us through whatever struggle or whatever issue it may be that we're facing. I pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. As Lauren